0: throughout these Sundays of Advent, we've been reflecting on the different comings of Christ. We began talking about the second coming and then about that intermediate and more secret coming of God through his grace and through the sacraments. And now, in the final Sundays of Advent, our attention is turned toward uh, the first coming and that preparation for the, the first coming of Christ. Last Sunday, we reflected on John the Baptist. That was a more moral preparation in humility and openness to the Savior. And today we'll reflect on another figure that's part of the, that immediate preparation for the first coming, that is Mary. And that's a more, that her preparation is a more existential kind of preparation for us because it has to do with, with life choices. If you think of it, this is what this gospel of the Annunciation, annunciation is about. On the one hand, it speaks about who the Messiah will be, son of God, the the descendant of David, but also he speaks very strongly about Mary's vocation, how Mary was called to be part of the plan of God. And this is just in itself is something amazing, that God being so highly high above us, he wants to include us in his plans, and he doesn't use us as disposable material or unsuspecting pawns or something he wants to achieve. No, he calls us to know and understand what the plan is and to accept it freely. And so God, he want, who wants to come to, his, to humanity through Mary, asks for her permission and, say, and tells her, this is the plan, Mary. This is who you will become if you want. Do you accept? And the angel was waiting for that response. Now, we know that Mary will say yes to that, but let's not pass too quickly over what just happened. Isn't it quite remarkable that Mary found out who she was supposed to be in that moment? She was asked to, if you want, she was asked to rearrange her entire life in a split second to partner with God. And we know for, for us the identity of Mary is so clear. She's the mother of the Savior. She's the one who is known throughout all the world and revered and loved. And if she had not come to this moment, she would have been someone unknown, someone who had led an, just an average secret hidden life in a small town in, in Israel. But she became the mother of the Savior. And how did she, Mary become who she was? Well, through this invitation. It wasn't something that was sort of written in her DNA or something. It was an invitation from the Lord who had prepared her. And Mary took it. And that didn't rob Mary of her dreams. It didn't alienate her. Uh, it didn't lead her to become some, something not herself. On the contrary, it led her to become more herself than ever. She discovered who she was meant to be. And I think that's why she was trembling a bit when the angel opened the, the Annunciation with that line, full of grace, because she saw it coming. She went, uh-oh, oh. I think I'm going to find out why some things never quite fit, why some loose ends were always there in my life, and now I says I'm going to find out who I'm supposed to be. And that's the first element of the calling of God, when God calls you to something. It's not just a a mission, which it is also, but it also reveals you something about yourself that you didn't know. A potential, an identity that God had in mind for you and you discover through that calling, through that invitation. It's quite amazing because it resonates with us, but it comes from the outside. It comes from God. You won't discover it through a lot of introspection, but by paying attention to God and responding. And there are many examples of how this plays out in in Christian life in many people. I think it's very clear in the lives of many saints. An example I found recently, I've been reading the life of this great missionary that was Mother Cabrini. St. Francis Xavier Cabrini was an Italian sister who came to assist Italian immigrants in America Uh, at the end of the 1800s and they took care of schools and orphanages and at one point she was invited to do hospital ministry with her sisters and she kind of she was reluctant to do that she thought that that's not a good fit for our charism and who we are and especially she didn't want to go into this particular hospital because of the way it was managed so she turned it down but then consulted with advisors in Rome And many good friends there told her mother Cabrini, I think you should say say yes to this. It would be a good fit. So she did. And subsequent events showed that that had been a very wise choice. For example, one day she went into a hospital room and found this patient who was a poor immigrant from Italy. And he didn't speak a word of English and even didn't know how to read. And when he heard that this sister spoke Italian, he pulled out this letter that he had been keeping for months and said to them, sisters, I would like you to read this letter because my family wrote to me and I don't know how to read and nobody here speaks Italian. So could you read it? And it was a very sad letter. It was a letter in which his family told him that his mother had died in Italy months before So as Mother Cabrini was reading this letter, this man was weeping. And Mother was also weeping with him and managed to kind of get through the letter to the end. And that was one of the things in which God confirmed to her, I want you to be a mother for this of my children who have no mother here. And it was like a revelation of this deep motherhood in a spiritual sense that she was meant to have, also for people who were in hospitals who were so destitute and in so much human need of of that human connection that someone who could speak their language and have a a heart for them. But that discovery came through all these many providential signs and it was Mother Cabrini's virtue to say yes. And that's how she discovered those elements of her vocation and her identity that would have remained hidden if she hadn't accepted it. Now there's a second fascinating element Invocation. Not only we discover our identity, but also it's amazing how vocation is interrelated with the path of other people. God's call for Mary only made sense, for example, as uh, included in the mission of Christ. It's like you had the mission of Christ, the Savior, and within it, the mission of Mary, and even within that one, the mission of Saint Joseph. And also that this vocation connected Mary to King David and the promise that had happened centuries before, and to Elizabeth and Zechariah. You see, God starts connecting all the dots. That's so different from the idea we usually get about vocation in our culture because we, we think that vocation has to be something that sets me apart as an initiative that comes entirely from myself, right? And it's like my original idea in a way. But the Bible seems to emphasize how vocation brings us together. It links the path of a person with that of another. It doesn't so much set me apart as establish this profound network of lives that are intertwined like a puzzle, right? And I think during this pandemic, we've come to realize truly how, how connected our lives are. All that we do affects other people, right? And what, what is true in a human level is also true in a spiritual level especially when you start following God's call. I, let me give you an example of this, but I know a man who was uh, here in our community who was educated in the best schools, he studied classics, and every, everyone thought of, that he would become a great teacher, a scholar, a critic, but he f- was feeling increasingly unsatisfied with the academic life that he was engaged in until he went on a mission trip and discovered how amazing it was for him to teach the poor. When he came back to the East Coast, he learned that there was a a, a high school in a poor neighborhood that was gonna adopt the the classic education program. He applied right away and got the job, and he loves it. He loves the job. He says, "Um, it's not that I don't care for the classics anymore. For me, it's finding where the classics belong. When I see a, the eyes of a 13-year-old shine when they discover Cicero or Aristotle for the first time, and this new world opens before them, that's what I'm meant to be. That's what I want to be. That's where the classics belong to me. And that's the way in which the callings of God work. It's not that God tells you, you know, drop your talents or drop your relationships. Rather, he will lead you to discover how they fit how they make better sense, how they become more meaningful than before. So take this home with you in these final days in preparation for Christmas. Keep in mind know that what we learn in Mary's story about God's calling and how he prepares us for his coming in this way, there are providential encounters and signs of God in your life that reveal to you who you are meant to be. And your call is also woven together with the calling of others. The more you discover your call, the more your life becomes linked and intertwined with the life of other people. So think of what this means for you, how it illumines your path. And then set set aside some time this week to prepare for Christmas, to make of this Christmas a, a good celebration, in whatever fashion it can happen in your situation at home. I don't know if you can make it through Zoom or have people, roommates, family, but set some time aside to make it something special, because it becomes special if you prepare for it. Prepare a moment of prayer, maybe, or how you can watch Mass or come to Mass in person, maybe a time to share good stories with those at home, the good memories of 2020 or stories of your life, caroling, or putting together a talent show. That's one of the things we'll do with the missionaries in in our home, but Whatever it is, give some time to make it a special moment. May these quieter, shorter days of December and Advent become increasingly filled with the light of Christ for you and your family.